All right, folks. Well, I guess uh, we get into it now. Um, this is our new podcast, uh, Only Nerds in the Building. Uh, I'm one of your hosts. My name is Danny Gambaro. Uh, I'll let the others uh, say their stuff. Sorry, I literally took a drink of water right when you pointed at me, Mark. Sorry. Uh, so that was just like, uh, but I'm Taffeta Darling, and I'm super excited to be doing a podcast about pop culture stuff where I don't actually have to have pants on. <laughs> I'd like to echo that. And uh, my name is Mark, and I'm also a co-host of Pop Culture Elevator and now co-host of Only Nerds in the Building. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening. Yeah, we're, we're super excited about this. Uh, Taffeta hit us up and said, hey, you want to you wanna talk about some nerd stuff? And uh, we, of course, were one, flattered, and two, very excited. Very, excited very much talk so. Nerd stuff. Heck yeah, there's just so much out there that I feel like I don't actually get to cover with like my one little weekly podcast and stuff or live stream or bi-monthly live stream or just little review and stuff. So, and it kind of gets boring talking to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so you know because no one ever replies back i don't talk back to myself so this is great yeah i you know in in pop culture elevator we we kind of it started off it was going to be uh movies and music and and everything and then we just kind of got into our niche of movies which works perfect for that uh for that podcast but uh we absolutely are, are just excited to talk everything else so whatever whatever uh you know tickles our fancy which is which is super fun Absolutely. There are so many good shows that are out there. There's video games. Uh, real quick, I know you and I are playing Disney Dreamlight, so <laughs> that'll eventually come. So there's a lot that's out there. And so I think uh, Only Nerds in the Building will definitely be able to cover a lot more. Oh, sure. Um, so I guess for this for this particular episode, uh, we have decided that we were going to talk about, uh, well, because of our namesake, Only Nerds in the <laughs> Building, we'll talk about Only Murders in the Building. Hooray! Yeah, yeah. We got Steve Martin, Martin Short back together as they love to be, and we are always excited to have them together. But um, Selena Gomez, uh, the luckiest to that girl in the world. Sorry, I just right. gotta say that the luckiest girl in the world. Like that's my dream team right there. Like if I could just like <laughs> get a little sandwich in there and just like just hang out. Oh my gosh! So when the can you imagine the the behind the scenes fun that they have together? Just I a, actually a, can in my head their dreams <laughs> you got a I'm head so cannon. jealous yeah she's the luckiest woman ever so and she holds up too which oh. is even more surprising and amazing because I don't really know a whole lot about her but just like she holds her own with this like you know these two pillars of like you know old school comedy and I'm like mm, I love it as a no, I just know she's from Burleson which is not too <laughs> far from here yeah and I think it's really cool that like a, actually a few famous people have come from our metroplex i really love that right it's demi lovato uh selena gomez uh, debbie justin, ryan post malone. <laughs> justin post malone. malone i don't know who justin malone is at all <laughs> <laughs> well maybe you were getting his his real name mixed up austin right so oh maybe it could be um but yeah we have a lot of people that come from the metroplex which is which is quite cool um a lot of them being Disney stars too, which is uh, oh, that, that's the the Jonas Brothers, right? Did we the, say that? The Jonas, that's right, the Jonas Brothers. The we know one time we uh, saw Joe Jonas walking out of Best Buy, <laughs> and I was like, "That is Joe Jonas. I'm gonna go say hi." Um, 
And so we get out of the car and we're walking towards him. And then Mark just like, (gasps) (laughs) and the guy just darts beelines to his car was like you jerk you know that wasn't my type of music at the time but I like to poke fun at him and so it was it was one good time where I could just dig at him I didn't think he would flee like that but he yeah he was like out of there but I I mentioned this because when I was uh younger and how Joe how the Jonas Brothers come into it too which is funny is that uh I, I had nothing to do during the days um in high school, I went to a school that had Fridays off. And so on Fridays during the day, everyone else was was at school. And I was like, oh, what am I going to do? So I watched these like kid shows. Uh, so I watched literally Selena Gomez grow up on, um, what was it, Wizards of Waverly Place. Oh, wow. Okay. I've actually heard of that show. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely old school. So it's it's unique to see the the, the pairing and the, the trio that they have there and just like their supporting cast, like everybody that comes on has been quite interesting. Um, I grew up just like adoring Steve Martin and I love his books and I love the book adaptations to movies. So whenever I saw they were going to have this new show and it was going to be like three strangers obsessed with true crime and they find themselves like, you know, wrapped up in one. And then like, you know, there's kind of like the suspense and like the thrill of it. I was like, this is totally my my style and Steve Martin uh, and Martin Short have not failed to bring the wit in uh, the banter and the chemistry that they're so well known for, you know, all the way back to like three amigos to like right now, like it's, it's still such a coalesce of uh, respect between the two of them. I was just thinking yeah. how cool would it be to have at least one episode where Chevy Chase guest stars on? <laughs> just one, right? <laughs> Hopefully we get like a season three and that's where the three comes in. They bring in the third amigo. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Steve Martin, he's had a private art collection at the Modern Art Museum, the Kimball in Fort Worth. And I just loved walking through that private collection. Oh, it was just such a treat. I mean, he's just truly an artist and like a liaison of art. It's so cool. He's definitely interesting. It's interesting to see kind of where he dabbles, you know, music and art and writing novels. Uh, I don't know if you've read uh, Shop Girl. Yes. Absolutely fantastic. And then he he plays uh, one of the main roles in the movie. I believe him and Claire Danes. Yeah, right? Claire Danes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Him, Claire Danes and Jason, Jason Schwarzman. Right? Yes. Yeah. Fantastic film, uh, but even better book. Yeah, the book is really good. And I think he did a decent job adapting it because I definitely had those feels uh, and I was able to, you know, have those moments where I was, you know, putting myself in Mirabelle's shoes. But, you know, aside from the books, like you mentioned, like he's also a talented musician and he has, this, you know, his, uh, was it Steep Canyon Rangers to where it's like a bluegrass band and, you know, it just goes, the talent goes way back. So to see him back on TV and Martin Short as well, like I said, I, I can just gush about them all day. I'm going to. <laughs> I thought Martin Short, uh, it was one of those things like seeing them back on TV, you're like, man, Martin Short hasn't done a ton uh, in recent memory. Like you'll see, uh, you'll see Steve Martin pop up a lot, but Martin Short, I think uh, does a lot of like small stuff here and there. What he had that one show where he was uh, like a movie critic or something or a, a critic. Oh, Jiminy Glick. Jiminy Glick. Yeah, you know, Jiminy Glick. I used to love that. And his little <laughs> voice, and he used to like irritate people, like interviewing him and stuff, and his whole like suit and his, yeah. Uh-huh. Love it. And then I, you know, I have to go back even further, uh, like into the 80s, right? Like he had the three amigos and all that. But remember when he was the dude who uh was it Randy Quaid went inside in inner space? 
Mark, do you remember that movie, Inner Space? No, uh, no I don't. I don't remember that one. That's a R- Disney movie. Yeah, Randy right. Quaid shrinks down in, into this little. Uh, uh, what do you call it? It's it's a, a little Still? ship. Joe Dante, Joe Dante of Gremlins fame directed yeah, it. That does sound familiar. And uh, Spielberg uh, was the producer. Was the main producer. And it was Dennis Quaid, not Randy Quaid. Dennis oh, yeah, Quaid. Yeah. And Meg, Meg Ryan. Ryan. Mm-hmm. You just, you've never seen them? Oh man, I don't think so. But I'm, I'm gonna have to bring up one of the worst movies, but like because an article just brought it up as like ten of the worst movies by IMDb, and Let's it's it. uh, cl- is it uh, Clifford? Yeah, oh, exactly. So <laughs> oh, yes. It's so good. I totally agree. <laughs> uh, I I laugh my butt off every time I watch that movie uh and his little dinosaur oh my god oh geez and then that's the father from beethoven right yes yeah whatever happened to him he was such a like perfect angry dad he passed away in 2021 like i think he died oh okay okay (laughs) so (laughs) what year did he pass away in last year oh okay but yeah like even but before that i was like man what happened to him because i I haven't really seen him in anything, you know, obviously like since Clifford and Beethoven. So, right. <laughs> so I was like, oh man, gosh, I really thought he would be in a lot more. He had a bunch of cameos and random stuff. Like he did the Midnight Run and he was in uh, like a little cameo in uh, So I Married an Axe Murderer. Uh, he did like, you know, the Chevy Chase and Goldie Hawn movie back in the day. So he, yeah, so he kind of stuck to the old school stuff as well, it seemed like. He's got a pretty yeah. good IMDb list. So I think that's... That's something there, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And speaking of old school, I, I the best thing I love about this show are, are the old school elements of like uh like performance art, like theatrical performance art, like when they're talking about how Martin Short's character is out uh like you know, he's down in the dumps, uh, his name's Oliver Putnam in the show, and he's like just trying to get an investor for this podcast and anything. He even tries to go to his son and his son turns him down. He walks out of the building uh, of his son's house rather. And he gets the text that the podcast is on and he does this fall off the stairs and it's this crazy (laughs) bounce and there's the omelet bounce and then the diamond ring bounce. And I just, you don't see that too much in like newer productions and I just, I love those little classy elements that you just, I don't think that you would get from the newer generation. Yeah, he's definitely got the classically trained, uh, what is it, when it's called a uh, bodily comedian, but I know that's not the word for it. Uh, now that you said that, it's like it, <laughs> loses, it goes right out of my mind. Um, bodily comedian? Slapstick. Uh, uh, physical humor? Physical comedian, that's it. I think, yeah, physical comedy. Yeah. There, there we go. go. <laughs> I got it, but yes, both of them Hours are. combined. <laughs> They're both top notch with that, so absolutely. And the, you know the the even on top of that, even the people who are guest starring on the episodes, like uh, Amy Ryan as the yes. as the girlfriend or or Jan rather. Yeah. Um, I was just sitting there going, oh, oh, it's 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 from the Office. She's it's Amy Ryan from the Office. I just keep thinking of her as the girlfriend of Michael Scott. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> She just plays this very lovable character that um, you just don't see it coming. 
Exactly. And then you've got Tina Fey kind of doing like a little bit of her like sinisterness and her, you know, she's kind of got like that dark humor that isn't just like out in your face. And so to have her come in, I think is kind of a nice nod because Steve Martin was on Third Rock or not Third Rock, uh, 30 Rock, 30 you know, uh, and they work together. And I think they play so well off of each other too. And at times it's almost like, who's writing what, like, you know, did Tina, like, just, you know, write that in for herself or did Steve Martin be like, I want you to do this. And it just seems to just go so well. And I was happy to see her back uh, in a series as well. And then I, Nathan Lane was just like, what? Oh, yeah. Nathan Lane's inspiring in this show. Just, he's just always good in everything he does, but he is so good in this. Yeah. He's seriously, every time, like, you know, he's one of those actors that uh, he, for him, he's, he is like he embodies his roles so whenever he does a uh role it's kind of like he goes away like nathan lane goes away for me and i don't think about him until his next role but then he pops up and i'm like oh my god it's nathan lane (laughs) (laughs) also talk about a guy who just looks exactly the same as he did from the 90s yeah (laughs) like he popped up and i was like does this dude age like that's is that nathan lane is that really nathan lane because he looks exactly the same (laughs) that's exactly the same Still begging for like uh, the sequel to Mousetrap or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I always forget about that movie until you bring it up and then I'm like, oh yeah, that was a movie that happened. <laughs> That's a pretty Man. good one. Yeah, it is. All those movies that, that IMDb would tell us are the worst. Yeah, exactly. And then maybe it is like as far as like, you know, how like with my movie scoring thing where I like take it seriously, like as a movie, like, did they do a really good job making a movie? But it has nothing to do with how much I like the movie, you know? And it's just, just like, I feel like that's where those kinds of scorings get it wrong. And right. so like the worst movies of all time. And it's like, well, wait a minute, but don't tell me you didn't laugh and you didn't have a good time in that movie. Cause if you did it, like, we're gonna have to check your pulse. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I agree with you. It's, you know, Wow, my brain went totally blank. I was going to talk about uh, um, how they they bring in they bring in these people to kind of give you a, a nice little red herring. Yes, um, because you had the thought process like uh, that Nathan Lane and the or uh, well, I guess we'll go by their names, but Teddy Demas and Theo Demas were the murderers, and right. you they did play a part in all of this, but it wasn't the part that you thought it was. Right. And then having who the real murderer was. And I remember watching, I say remember, like it wasn't that long ago. This was like two or three days ago. But I remember <laughs> watching the 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 penultimate episode of the first season. And and then it clicking and going, wait, is is Jan the murderer? Like, no way. Oh, right. Yeah. No way. And then the first, the last episode pops on, they do it, and I'm just like, holy crap. <laughs> like oh my god I can't I, I was watching it on the couch on my phone while my kid was watching YouTube and my wife was on her phone and she goes what's what's up and I was like I called it <laughs> it was really late in the season but I called it <laughs> just under the wire just, mm-hmm. yeah just under the wire and the same thing happens with the second season and yeah. I just I was sitting there thinking really early on I was like you know it would be really uninspiring if they made uh, Alice the killer but I was like, oh, are they going there? And I thought that was really cool how they they did that, that last episode. Right. That's that the was... other, the, like, the successor to Bunny, right, Alice? No, uh, Cara Delevingne. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, they, oh, gosh, sorry. Mixed them up there. But that is my favorite part about this whole show is 
Like normally I can call it, you know, like, oh, that person's it definitely. But in this show, like every red herring, I almost took the bait on just about every single one of them. Yeah. And I'm just like, what am I doing? What is I'm losing it to old age? Like what's going on here? But it's just such a well-written show. Oh, just so well-written. Every, every character is their own thing, their own device. And then every actor that plays each character works so perfectly. Like even like caring about Howard Morris and his cats and his love life <laughs> and stuff. And you're sitting there going, I don't, this guy was super annoying the first season, but I really like, he's endearing. And I really like him in the second season. And, uh, As and somebody then- who's been converted to a cat person, like over the past <laughs> few years, I really love that guy, uh, Howard. And on top of that, he's a yodeler for quartet and that was oh gosh that whole scene that was one of my favorite uh scenes also when he's going after his love interest and they sing together and there's just all this angst about how he's gonna ask ask him out and um and it just goes perfectly until the cat allergy and it's just i'm just like no 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 and he really does like the love interest just like gets out of there like i should Go because I'm gonna die, and uh, you know, good, good, good choice there. You know, to watch out for your health. But then the most adorable like redemption happens right after that. Like if I do all these things, I just like roll this sweater twice. If I do all these <laughs> other things, will you still go out with me? And uh, oh gosh, I just thought that was so adorable. No, it does a nice job of blending like, you know, kind of the old school, like Agatha Christie whodunit, but then it just like piles on like a bunch of absurdity, you know, when you're talking about, you know, the guy with the cats and then it turns out to be like a yodeler, you know, just, it just keeps piling it on. You think it's going to stop and you're like, oh my gosh, this can't even go any further, but they still manage to take it a step further while keeping you guessing, you know, and then they sprinkle in like, you know, a lot about friendships and loneliness. And I really did kind of like that arc with Steve Martin, you know, where he's kind of like talking about being lonely and having to go through the dating process. And of course he falls in love with the murderer, you know, (laughs) and then at the same time, he still has that connection to his, like, you know, his previous relationships, uh, you know, the daughter who, which is kind of cool. We get, you know, circle back around in the, in the second season. So it does, you know, touch on, uh, more than just like you know podcasting and true crime and it sprinkles in a lot of uh a lot of wholesome fun and a lot of uh suspense too well and they're doing a really you, you mentioned the circle back thing that they do a really good job of circling back to things that may uh keep open like i for sure they the amy ryan has to come back in the second season because now she's probably pissed off at the fact that uh that steve martin had uh saz um break up with her for him yeah yeah <laughs> Which, was perfection she's like just doing anything for you she's like oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) well then i'll continue oh my god that was so good the whole zazz thing the the having um jane lynch come in and play his stunt double she's fucking brilliant or sorry she's amazingly brilliant i I agree she's that was mind-blowing I was like no they didn't oh my gosh and of course in you know her demeanor and then the banter and like you know she's a little bit of a bully to him you know just like classic Jane Lynch yes oh (laughs) poor guy he's like she's she's better at everything than I am (laughs) I couldn't fire because everyone would hate me (laughs) that was that was so funny how he's just stuck with her but he also loves her a little bit yeah he's like they even had her do the sex scenes for me my weird hip (laughs) movements (laughs) Like, yes. Jan's like, I like your hip movements. <laughs> like, oh my God. 
it's yeah. in some genius lines that I at least once an episode I am laughing out loud like just and that doesn't happen a lot when I'm watching a show by myself like usually mm -hmm. it's by myself I'm chuckling or I'm you know laughing on the inside it's still really funny to me but I'm not you know this one's having me just like burst out laughing yeah over these past couple of days I've just been like you know a little anxious to record because it's you know two seasons that we're going to be talking about today and so I've been playing it in my office <laughs> and uh you know I'm just afraid like how many times like people have heard me go ha or <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah just says Miss Crabapple yeah yeah big time and I'm just like everyone's gonna think I just like come here and don't work this is not good I need to like wear a muzzle or something that's there's no I, volume control on this lap at all that's how I feel about being a teacher I'll be watching it on my breaks and then the kids will walk in and I'll just be laughing and they're like what is this guy does he do anything during the breaks what's my break <laughs> watching my show leave me alone no one's asked me what are you watching like they're just like this guy's weird right probably because there's a bunch of old people on my screen <laughs> and I think, uh, go ahead oh I was just gonna mention that I think that not only is it made for like you know an, a little bit older generational uh audience but I think it still sits well with us and the fact that it had 17 Emmy nominations and you know won quite a bit of them as well you know uh, including best uh, I think it's comedy or, or drama uh and then uh, Nathan Lane won as like a guest actor. So, I mean, like it's just packed with recognition. And I think that if they do continue to do a season three, that I hope they know when to stop it. Cause I think some shows sometimes like that, they don't know when to call it, but I think, you know, this cast could probably do a couple more murders before it gets to the point to where it's like, okay, we've kind of given everything we have. And I'm super thrilled to see them getting the recognition, so. And I'm, I'm probably thinking something like three to four seasons would be pretty good for this, like a pretty good run for this sort of where they're going, you know, uh, especially with the ending of season two with Paul Rudd's whole thing. Because <laughs> uh, at this point, it's not a, a murder in the building. Yeah. True. So only murders in the theater. So it's kind of kind of curious where they're going to go with that if he if he's actually dead. Because Paul Rudd is supposed to be a guest, uh, well, supposed to be one of the stars of season three. But you know how these seasons go. They usually give the dead person a lot of uh, screen time and even an episode to like talk about themselves, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, the Tim Kono expose was awesome. That yeah. whole episode where he's just like, uh, you know, get to know a guy before he tells you how he died. I loved all of that. Right. And I think the... Uh... What was the episode? I'm trying to find it where it was completely silent. Oh my God, that episode yes, was brilliant. That was, oh, yeah. that that was... was probably the best, uh, uh, for me, the best episode of the season just because it, it was silent. You know, you know, everything had to be just kind of mimed. I yes. thought that was really, really good. And Theo's gotten some uh, a fantastic redemption arc this second season. I was just like, they brought Theo back and I didn't think they would. And I just love that the whole, you see Theo have the blowout with his dad, but like that Martin Short saw it happening. Uh, and then just, you know, felt bad for him. Like, yeah. I was just like, you know, I get that. Um, Never wanted to hug, hug my son so bad. Like, oh God. Oh, and then, oh, the heartbreak. That was the, the finding out the DNA test. Oh, yeah. golly. Just, I mean, just the heartbreak. Like when Nathan Lane cries after that blowout with his son, like I was like, 
I, that didn't even happen to me. I'm, I'm like, I don't even have a son. Like, what's going on here? Like, <laughs> I'm having feels. There were a few times that I teared up during the both seasons. There, there's some really good touching moments, you know, like just stuff they really got the heart right for. Especially, oh, the, definitely. Yeah, especially the stuff with the father and the son and and and, and Teddy and Theo and uh, mm-hmm. Oliver and and um, what's the what's the son's name? Will Oliver mm-hmm. and Will um and even just just stuff with bunny like you don't care about bunny <laughs> until they start digging into bunny's life like that she Ding. just she just wanted to hang out with them and if they would have let her hang out she probably I wouldn't know. have been murdered it's just <laughs> so like hardcore. they really didn't peg her for a whaler either but she like <laughs> is like Wah! i was just like oh no like it does especially because you know like doors are not that thick so they're like each take a turn like looking through the people <laughs> oh, she which if you've ever seen a people with one of those things and look through the other side you can see it when it flaps up and down like they she hears every <laughs> single one of their comments of like should we let her in oh no this is so awkward what do we do now like she heard all of that yeah and poor thing like she did she brought some of her top shelf champagne like who doesn't want to hang out if they're bringing like their best bottle like oh gosh but she's the landlord you don't know like maybe they have a cat and that they're not supposed to have or something like that it's like that's the landlord but so you know I kind of get where they're coming from but also that was just so sad you know like you could tell she brought that energy like hey let's bury the hatchet I won't be such a pain in the butt anymore type of yeah and they were just like okay bye buddy (laughs) poor thing well buddy was just having you know her whole thing she's like i'm gonna move to florida and then she realizes i hate the heat like i don't want to move to florida but like people and she's like oh i want to still be the hoa uh president oh but they don't want her to be there anymore and it's just like it's it's you know pretty heartbreaking for her to especially to end her life at that point like yeah just really uh crappy for her but um well, again twist and turns like the mom coming and not really being the mom and that too mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought it was a little bit of like, I don't know, I don't know the right term, like if this is the right term, rather uh, poetic justice, but like, you know, she's talking with that waiter about like, hey, don't just fall in love with just one thing, because when it goes away, it's going to really suck. Yeah, but right. so like to still to go out while she's still the head of the HOA is kind of fitting. I think she would have preferred it that way. And I mean, don't get me wrong, do I think she wants to die a murderous death? No, but like to have, still have that, I think was important to her. I agree. I agree. It, Bunny's story is an interesting one because yeah, you you dis you very much dislike her that first season, uh-huh. right? Uh, and then the second season, you're like, you feel really bad for her. You're like, oh, that's <laughs> that's a really. But she lived an interesting life. That whole that building was her life. Everything about that building was her love. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see. Uh, as they go with the next couple seasons, if they're actually going to go into the whole Nina building that like futuristic space pod on top. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because for a while there, I thought maybe it was her that was behind all of it. Mm -hmm. So she could just get her hands into it. Turns Mm -hmm. out she's just struggling just like everyone else, you know, and even the uh, Lester, the door guy, you know, like he's just wanting to do good. Like everyone that just is kind of sprinkled around, you know, contributes in their own little way. Um, I did like the, part in first season uh where teddy and theo demos apparently are funeral robbers 
oh, they like yeah. stole jo- they stole jewelry off the dead people. <laughs> it's so random, and that's such a Steve Martin thing to be like, we'll just make them to where you know they steal my you know stuff and jewels from dead people. And so- in their mother's name <laughs> slash grandmother's name, like, oh, you know, yeah. oh gosh, so absurd. Oh, but the fact that I, again callbacks when that when um when when Selena Gomez when Mabel asks uh, Theo what he did in his childhood. Uh, and he was just like he pretended to pull stuff from teeth. She's like, "Oh yeah, the grave robbing thing. That's right." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Adventures of a teenage grave robber. Oh yep. my gosh. Super witty. And then you throw Michael Rappaport there in the second oh. season, who just you know I feel like they were just like you know go full go go full force, <laughs> just go at it and just you know have fun with it and. For a while, I was like, okay, it's got to be him. But it was like, but he wouldn't actually be, you know, with Tina Fey. It doesn't seem. And he was misleading about talking about the smartest woman in the world yep. and the podcaster and all this stuff. And I was like, that doesn't sound like Tina Fey's character. It's like, <laughs> I thought, you know, I like that, the 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 throw around though for that. The, again, more twists and turns that just worked out really well because I did for the longest time think that he was with Tina Fey. But I thought that, or, or uh, what was her name? Canning? Uh, Kara, Kara Canning, uh, Cinda Canning, Cindy. Mm-hmm. and Cinda's like, um, I thought maybe she was playing him. Like from the bar scene, you see that she like smiles yeah. and stuff. And I thought, okay, she's just playing him for using, using him for to do stuff for police work. You know that she's the actual murderer. Um, but to have her be with with um, Poppy or what was it Becky, Becca? Yeah, Be- uh-huh. that was interesting. I liked I liked that they went there. Because the whole time you're thinking, oh, Cinda knew that Poppy was Becky and that they were playing this whole, it's just, I just, it was, I like shows and movies that blow my mind. Like Knives Out did the same thing to me. And speaking yeah. of blowing your mind, that glitter bomb was epic. <laughs> the Mariah, they call it the Mariah, like uh, and a little bit, bit like of a C4. Pound, yeah, just a dash of C4, like a pound of rubber cement, uh, or no, a pound of glitter, a bottle of rubber cement, and a little bit of C4. And like, oh my God, what is Mark, Mark Shore doing with C4 or Oliver Putnam? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. So, yeah. something I got to do. You know, <laughs> sorry, the other line. If uh, the show business and orgies have taught me anything, is there's no getting rid of glitter. <laughs> Someone did their research there. <laughs> the Trials other, and tribulation. I think the one thing that I didn't care for about season two, uh, I felt like the Amy Schumer bit didn't work for me. She was just kind of squeezed in there. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like, oh, she's a friend of ours. So let's just find a part for her. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really like that. And then uh, I kind of felt the loss of uh, Oscar. Sting. Oh, oh, Sting too. I yeah. like Sting. I missed having Sting. Like, you Sting know, that was, was also something else. He was just one of the roommates. He was also a suspected killer. So oh, he was good. funny. His whole, his thing was funny. Sting, he was good. I did not expect it to be that good of a, of a, a of a cameo. The yeah. poor guy, you know, of course he's been tense because he thought he caused the death of Tim <laughs> Kono. And so he's like thinking he did it essentially. Oh. But oh my gosh. Like, oh, his song! Like, oh wait, yeah, his song afterwards. <laughs> his song is hysterical. Yeah. I don't think that's gonna go in a top ten list. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god, I was laughing so hard at that. Um, but Oscar, I felt the loss of Oscar for sure. Uh, into the second season, not that he like was a huge character, but I liked his wittiness. I thought he worked well with the group. 
Right, right. And I like the fact that, you know, he was wrongly convicted and he kind of like was able to come out and kind of do his own thing. And because for a while it was like, oh, well, it has to be him. So there is kind of that, you know, redemption as well. So they do a pretty decent job of giving you these characters to where you're suspect about and then being like, oh, it was just another one that was just kind of misleading. All the red herrings. It's like a Scooby-Doo episode. (laughs) Oh, I know. These sniveling kids. Oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, what was a really nice surprise, because I went into this only knowing that Martin Short, Selena Gomez and, and Steve Martin was in it. That's all I knew. And I knew that because uh, I had read something that Paul Rudd was going to be in the third season. Um, and so that's all I knew going into this. I actually had no clue what the show was actually about. So I had all these assumptions when I heard the show. Uh, and this is rare for me. It's rare that I go into something not knowing what it's about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you y'all saying okay let's watch this i was like okay you know what it's 20 episodes they're a half hour piece i can i can power through these and that it is about a podcast <laughs> about the murders and i was like this why didn't i know about this beforehand like why didn't i know what this was about why didn't i why wasn't i watching this before so it was really cool going in knowing nothing and then um the nice little surprise that uh one of one of my hollywood crushes uh cara delavine was in the mm. second season oh i was like oh Oh, she's in here. I'm so happy right now. I, I love this woman. Um, in, in anything that she does, I even watched her Architectural Digest YouTube stuff where she was talking about her home and how weird it is. It is super weird. If you guys, if you you need to go on YouTube after this and watch Cara Delevingne's Architectural Digest um, episode because her house is the most insane thing you've ever seen uh huh. she's, got, she's got like secret passageways into things oh uh she built it that way it's 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 she's got a room that when you have to crawl in to get to it and the inside is supposed to be like a womb and oh, then when crazy. You, you crawl out it's supposed to look like you're crawling you know you're being birthed that's awesome uh, secret weird. doorways are my thing <laughs> oh. she is weird and i absolutely love her for it but um you know even she hasn't done really any good movies uh all her movies are kind of eh, but i still love her so. <laughs> yeah uh, one yeah. of my favorite elements of this show uh at least the second season was the secret passageways because yes. for this show that was literally literally the only thing missing with the secret yeah. like something with a secret passage and honestly i live for murphy doors like anything like that so uh when they opened up that bathroom for the first time and i was just, i was just like oh my god oh my god it just got better this is insane <laughs> like <I don't> <laughs> little things like that just like you just don't think they can yeah. push it any better be any funnier and they just keep to continue to up the ante and that's a good thing they do a good job with up in the ante and it's I'm just afraid that they're going to try to up it too much next season. Uh, I need it to yeah. stay kind of level-headed because as as fantastical as the world is, as like silly it can be, uh, they still keep it pretty grounded where I feel like mm-hmm. these things could happen. I don't know. Sorry, I'm just having like a random thought that like I wonder, because you know their fan base starts to create like their own spin-off podcasts and all that stuff. And I like what I'm wondering is like, what if those guys inadvertently like triggered like the murder of Paul Rudd or something like that? And so I'm just like, oh, that's interesting. Because mm-hmm. like, where where do they go from here? Uh, and you know, they've already kind of like gotten Cindy uh, story all out. 
So I'm just like, wow, where do they go? But we really haven't touched on the fans. And I think that's like open. I think it's open season on like toxic Hmm. fandom right now. So that would be a really cool direction to take season three. Well, even Marv was getting close there to being toxic fandom. Mm hmm. Yep. Even even for a second, I was like, oh, he could be the murderer. Yeah, he could have caused a lot of this. Oh god. He's like, I did a good thing. That's like one of my favorite lines of his. Also a very sad character. Very yeah. Sad character. The mold inspector. Oh man. I'm sure he has a ton of friends. Oh sure. Poor guy. All the Arco- are the uh Arconiacs? Arconiacs, mm-hmm. right? That's the name. Uh, are we the Arconiacs right now? Is it because we're talking about it? Mm-hmm. Pretty close to it. Going through the arcanicombs of only murders in the building. Oh my god, wait. So would you call those uh the the back entrances and stuff the arcanicombs? Yeah, it's what he calls them in the show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. I don't remember him saying that, but that's funny. That's oh funny. yeah. Yeah, Again. Martin Short is just choice on like <laughs> all that wordplay. He's amazing. Oh, he's just so... the do they write it? Are they writing the show too as well? Uh, uh Martin is, and he's yeah. teamed up with somebody else. Uh and I looked up his John name. John Hoffman. And he hadn't done much else that I'd really had had seen or been into. Like he's been in some uh, random episodes here and there, but this seems to be one of like his big, uh, you know, hits. He did, uh, was it uh, Frankie and Grace or Grace and Frankie. Uh, other than that, this is, uh, seems to be like his biggest hit. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at it now. I'm just like, okay, yeah, I don't, uh... cool. Yeah. That's, I mean, and it's great. I wonder if uh, if he had just maybe worked with Steve Martin at some point or knew someone who knew him and they got together and were like, let's do this. Yeah. I guess John Hoffman is the, uh, I guess they're both showrunners. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I was just wondering if there was another, like a team, but I guess, you know, when you have Steve Martin and Martin Short and all them on there, you, you really could just be like, let's write the storyline and then we'll let you all, uh, ad-lib a lot of stuff i'm sure there's a lot of ad-libbing going on i'd like to um i'd like to see like a blooper reel oh yeah that would be good the blooper reel with bring all your depends <laughs> because that would be hilarious <laughs> and then what did uh steve martin martin short said they were like 75 years old or something like that steve martin is like i'm he's, 75 years old yeah he's 77 he's 77 yeah. years old mm-hmm him and I share birthdays, so I keep up to date with him pretty hardcore. <laughs> nice. And then Martin Short, I pulled it up, and he's 72. I'm also going to pull up the fact that uh, Steve Martin's from Waco, Texas. Mm-hmm. Nice. So we got all these awesome Texans here. You said Martin Short's how old? 72. 72. So he's younger. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit younger. Just a little bit younger. Yeah, I definitely think this show is uh, for someone or just kind of an audience that's looking for uh more than just like the typical comedy where it adds like a little bit more human connection and how the people that we're with and how the people that we come across and how it kind of influences our lives and how they can change absolutely and i i love that there's really there isn't a single throwaway character everybody matters in this show mm-hmm. everybody has a great backstory that we're at least for an episode they'll be highlighted and uh, gosh, like you don't see that a lot. A lot of people are just like filler for lines and all that stuff. And we're really just focused on the main characters. This show does not do that. Yeah. Um, so if you're looking for a breath of fresh air where you're going to be some, uh, immersed into a culture, like this is the show to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I 
I can't say anything more to that. I think you both are are correct. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I love this show. I thought it was I thought it was uh, way better than I had any expectations of, and um, and the acting is just brilliant. And you're never taken out of the um, out of the story. I think the story just keeps you involved the whole time. So absolutely. And I think if there's a season three that ends, then we'll definitely have to circle back around in our own way as well. For sure. Definitely. Well, thanks for uh, listening to our first podcast. Uh, yeah. I think that um, you'll hear us again in a couple of weeks and uh, we'll just keep this going. Absolutely. You guys be sure to tell your friends and your family that we are PG-13. I may have an F-bomb occasionally, but I'll try to keep it clean. <laughs> Only one, right? We get to use mm -hmm. it at that one spot. And I think you used it in the perfect spot. <laughs>